Yo, what up? Welcome to the Men of Purpose podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Desi Abeda, proud father, husband, dietitian, entrepreneur. Matt Frakes, proud father, husband, sports dietitian, and probably the strongest dietitian in America. <laughs> and this podcast is meant to make sure that we're helping men future fathers and current fathers to prioritize their lives so they can help to prioritize the lives of others. So listen up, take those notepads out and make sure that you're tuned in to the Men of Purpose podcast. I keep it juicy, juicy. She getting juicy. juicy. I got that juice. juice. Got it, juice. When Chris and I broke up, the juice was there for me every night. It's like he's not really the juice. I love that juice bar. All right, so I know we're talking to a uh, financially literate dude today, so I got some big, big thoughts. And there's a lot of stuff that I do. So I'm going to go through some of the things that are always at the top of my mind that I talk to everybody about. So first off and foremost, I study people who study people. So everything that, that I acquire is, is through just everybody else's thoughts and I put it together. So when we're talking about finances, I learned a long time ago, that it's never cheaper to hire someone that charges less. There, there's a long-term gain there. And the people who charge less don't value themselves as much as, as opposed to somebody who's trying to build wealth. So when I'm talking about business just in general and we're talking about money, I preach that everybody should have time to make money, but better yet, they need to make money to have time because I think consistent money is made by consistent activity, but it's up to you and you have to define for yourself what that actually means. Consistent is up to you and how much money is enough money is different to every single person because I pay my bills with real estate. I built my career through investing and I earned my legacy through my knowledge. So one of the big things, Desi, that I've been working on lately, the amount of content that is out there to study millionaires, unlimited, mm-hmm. unlimited. The amount of content to study billionaires, very, very, very few. So what I came up with, and, and, I, I, and I'm still trying to develop this, is that I believe millionaires weigh the pros and cons of likelihood versus probability. I found out that billionaires don't care about the difference. So that's my juice, man. I'm excited to get into this. I'm ready to listen. <laughs> Dude, gosh, I love it. What's I love that? it. I love it. I love it. So if we look at the pillars of health, we look at the pillars of business, we're always talking about faith, family, fitness, and finances. So I thought our man Stacy Blunt here could provide a lot of value. So Stacy, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, man. Go to introduce Definitely. yourself. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go to introduce yourself and uh, give us a little background, man. Why are you uh, financially purposeful? Okay. Yeah. I'll give you some background about myself. So I'm Stacy Blunt. Like you said, um, I am in the CEO and owner of becoming financially fit. Um, and it's a platform where I promote personal finance, financial literacy, savings, investing, and also a little bit of entrepreneurship as well. Um, so my background, um, I kind of grew up, uh, as an Ohio guy, I moved out to Colorado for a bit, but somehow I landed in uh, New York where I am now. Um, I work in the finance industry here in New York, which is, uh, I would think the Mecca of finance. Um, but what I wanted to do was create a platform for people uh, like myself in our community um, to kind of learn things that we really didn't learn growing up. So um, it's really been my passion to help people. I've always done this kind of on the side, but I thought it would be great if I can, you know, put this out on social media, create a website, create different, you know, types of uh, podcasts or platforms where people can actually learn this stuff, ask real questions. Um, And so I kind of started doing it uh, about uh, springtime last year and it's going well so far. Yeah. You know, that, that's amazing, dude, yeah, because, right. you know, Matt turned me on to you and I started, you know, consuming a lot of the content and I was like, 
You know, this dude is super knowledgeable and Matt and I are actually talking about this like financial literacy, you know, passing this on to Definitely. the next generation, you know, because this is a, a podcast for the men of purpose and dads and people who are looking to become dads of just trying to, you know, pass on the that, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Trying like, to pass yeah, on like that, that positive legacy. <laughs> so, I mean, first and foremost, man, I'm, you know, I'm consuming your content. I love what you're about. I'm going to be 100 with you, bro. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, <laughs> And see, here's the thing. I've, I've heard that from a couple of people, right? Like, they said, hey, we love what you're doing, but you kind of need to, like, dumb it down a little bit. And I, I mean, you know, yeah. just get it to a point where mm-hmm. it's very, very simple. And I've been trying to do that a little bit more. Being in, the like, a finance background, I, I majored in accounting and economics, and now I'm in finance. It's kind of um, second nature for me to, you know, just go off on a tangent and start talking about some yeah. stuff. but. What I've been trying to do is create, you know, some some easier to digest content that really hits home. Yeah, um, and that's why I actually started uh, the the podcast Money Talks, um, just to have like an open forum with people, so I can ask questions and they can explain from their point of view, and I can kind of come in and and pepper on, you know, some of my experience. But I have, you know, I, I have been trying to work on that. No, man. And, and at the same time, this actually, I appreciate you just being vulnerable in the process of talking about how you're trying to pro, um, project your message because it was mainly because I have no idea because I am not literate in that, in that sense. And it's kind of mm-hmm. the same thing from a nutrition standpoint too. Like there are times oh, where wow. I can just rattle and then people would be like, Hey, like this was gold, but what the hell did you just say? Exactly. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So some, yeah, sometimes when like, when you're passionate about something, you kind of get caught up and you forget that not everybody may be on the same level um, or the same wavelength as you. So what I've been trying to do is like pick out some topics and, you know, I kind of put that out into my community and say, Hey, what do you guys want to learn about? And some people will talk about, you know, real estate or um, investing or, you know, a 401k, what does that really mean? So, um, Getting, I, I felt that thus far, getting content from my community and putting that into a video has had a, a bigger impact. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that that's amazing. And so, Matt, you and I were talking about financial literacy and, and legacy, and you know how we can try to provide value for our, our men of purpose. So, for you, like, we'll kind of have Matt, you kick it off with with questions that you have with Stacy. Um, obviously, you guys go back. I actually do want to hear the story, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I told Desi a little bit, Stacey, you know, I said that, you know, back in my humble days, I'm still humble now, but back in my humble days when I was working at social, uh, yeah. you know, bar backing, you know, as a bouncer and everything too, uh, I seen that, you know, Stacey and his group of friends, a couple of, I knew some of them, but you know, his group of friends were already the sauciest that came in. <laughs> <laughs> we so, always, yeah, know. we, we definitely like to have a good time. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, I was saying like, uh, so I just always respected as far as like what you've done from where you came and then also to the level of how you are contributing giving back uh to knowing your what your outlet is and how you can also change the dynamics of you know like people like myself people like us as far as in the community and how i can make sure i am changing everything i can for my my son and also the plan future kids i plan to have with my wife here soon as well exactly yeah, so that's why I was like, yeah, I have to get Stacey on here, man. You know, this is a similar story, similar background, everything. He just, you know, uh, realized Stacey needed to change, you know, got focused, realigned mm-hmm. to his life, realigned to his focus, so that way he can give back, you know, and drive the purpose that men need to become to make sure that they hey. are A1, whatever they are trying <laughs> to decide to do. You Couldn't know? have said it better myself, so. yeah. I don't know if you want to add anything else into there. I just want to give just my little two cents of knowledge and Jim, I want to drop. Uh, no, no, that's you. it. Uh, no. <laughs> no, man, I love it. So, so Stacy, let's kind of kick it off here, man. And, and I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners could really resonate and relate with this. So 
I recently just got married uh, this past May. You know, I keep telling people, like, we did things ass backwards. We had a kid, bought a home, and then got <laughs> married. You know, it's the, it's the real millennial May, right? Uh, yeah. Millennial, same. you know. Same, same, um, same. Men, same. so it's uh, these men of purpose, right? <laughs> so, uh, so we came together, and we started to combine finances. I kind of just want to start there. Like, what? how do you counsel people that you're working with that – are coming together where they have two separate financial institutions and then they come together like, how can those people start and be successful? Because it's things that my wife and I are still trying to learn. Yeah, definitely. So first things first, I would say you have to have an open conversation, right? You have to know where each person stands and you have to have a truthful conversation because even though, you know, you may be married, you may be in a relationship, sometimes um, finances are a little tough to talk about. So first things first, I would say have that open conversation, right? next thing would be set some goals. If you know, like you said, you have a house, um, you have, you know, your children to take care of. Those are all things that you need to plan for. And without having an upfront, brutally honest conversation about where you stand right now and where you want to go in the future, it's not going to work. Right. And so what I try to tell people is even if you're only talking about it, let's say two to three times a week, Maybe you talk about it on a Sunday night and let's say a Wednesday or something like that. Have a conversation about, okay, what do we have coming in? What expenses do we have coming up within the next, let's say, week, month, or six months? And how are we going to make it, right? Because the worst thing you can do is go into a situation, a financial situation with your significant other, and not have a plan for your finances, right? Mm -hmm. Getting that plan together, even if, like I said, it's only a five or ten minute conversation, just so you know where you stand is the thing that can help you out the most. And I think that right there is gold because I, I love, Stacey, that you started with, like, have an open conversation, and I think Definitely. that if we look at a successful relationship just in general, it has everything to do with healthy communication. So, man, I, I love that. And it's something that my wife and I are still trying to do, you know, imperfectly, of course, because it's rough because it's rough because a lot of people when it comes like they can talk about anything, they can give you their deepest, darkest secrets. But then you say, how much money do you make? Right. Or how much money is your bank account? And they clam up. And sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to ask those questions to say, truthfully, like, how much money do you have? How much money do you want to save? What are your goals about money? And once you have that initial conversation, it's kind of, you know, you can get used to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's a lot of vulnerability in the process because you're right. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things out, you know, especially talking to a, a, a man. Right. There's not a whole, a whole lot of things that will have someone clam up is if you talk about feelings or finances. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think speaks volumes to that. And I know, uh, Matt, you probably had some, uh, some instances, you know, from that point of view, because you just got married too, right? <laughs> yeah, just got married in July. You know, me and Cassandra, we, 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 yeah, thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Uh, we always have this conversation. Matter of fact, we actually have a note section uh, within our phone. So that way, because, you know, she said she's a staying home mother. But at the same time, she's also uh, teaching as well through University of Mississippi and everything on that nature. But anyways, we have a note section that we always that she updates as far as like what's been paid um, alongside with that. You know, what's going to be, you know, contributing as far as groceries and things like buying those things out. And then as far as like even on Sundays or Mondays, like we always had a conversation as well or what we plan to tackle as far as credit. Because both of us had things that we had to, you know, uh, sacrifice to make sure that we both get our credit together. Yep. Um, and then also take turns on doing that too, as well, because you can't do both at the same time. So we're trying to see, yeah. okay, who should we focus on first? And then, mm -hmm. um, at, 
X amount of time, then we go to the next individual. And it's just things like, you know, uh, when I went back home for when my, you know, when my father passed and everything, and I stay home for that month. Um, it's the same thing, you know, as, as far as like, okay, yeah, we have to take an emergency, maybe like a card out in a situation because all the, all the, everything I have coming out from my check is going to be done, especially uh-huh. with being done from work for about a month, you know, how to plan ahead and also make sure that I have something as far as in savings so we can have those things tied in to be able to, so when you have those emergency situations, you can be successful, but that's the main thing. Conversation is key. This is definitely key because communication without it, is key and everything. Yep. Yeah. And in those secondary or those, sorry, not secondary, but primary, you know, uh, situations like that where we had that happen, you know, um, things that, you know, that can make you just, you know, crumble in life entirely. You know, having that plan in head was to ensure that when we came back home, we didn't, it was, we was able to come back together on things as far as like financially, yep. you know, because we didn't hurt as bad because of the fact that, okay, yeah, we got this going on. But, you know, even though we stepped away from it for about a month, okay, we can come back to it once we get back to the house and get refocused and readjusted to things after I have grieved and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just about taking those emergency situations, always having that conversation and talking with that too. Yeah. And I think that, so Stacy, I kind of wanted to get your, your take on this because if we look at the millennial workforce, right? Cause I've been working on this, this speech that I'm going to be doing uh, in March for South by Southwest. And a lot has come up about like the millennial workforce, like the generation of burnouts and how, uh, burnout is happening because we're, we're so highly in debt. So I got to ask you, and I'm pretty sure you probably get this, this question all the time. Like how do people start to invest in their future? If they are so effing far behind in student loans of just trying to pay that off, like what are some of the things that you talk about, uh, with some of the clients that you have, or just like in your content? Yeah. And, and so this discussion, I've actually been asked a couple of times from a couple of different people. And it's a little hard for me because I was blessed enough to, to not have any student loans. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about the conversation, it's from an outside lens, right? I haven't had to deal with, you know, as soon as you graduate six months later, you have to start paying for, let's say, the next 10, 15 years, right? And it seems like it never ends. But what I try to tell people is that, you know what, you got yourself into it, so you're going to have to get yourself out. And now, from that lens, That's real. how do we do, how do we work forward from here? Right. Line up everything, you know, all of your credit card debt, student loans, any type of personal loans you have, put it all on a piece of paper, mark it off from most important to least important and just start your journey. And you'll see that over, over time, the first six months, the first year, it's going to be hard. Nothing may move from that list, but you can see over the course of two years, you might check one thing off over the course of three years. You might check a couple of different things off. As you progress, you start to make more money, right? You start to build over, you know, these um, side habits and side hustles. You start to bring in more income, and then you'll be able to check you off your list. And even though it didn't happen in six months, a year, three years, if you look back in five years, you can look at that list and say, "I checked off everything I needed to a lot faster than I thought I would." Right? But if you don't know, you know, where you know to tackle the the problems first, it's not really going to help to start with, let's say, paying an additional, let's say, five hundred dollars towards a student loan when then you're going to, you know, still have a credit card or something like that. So it's all really about making a plan, sticking to it and knowing that that plan is not going to come to fruition for a long time. And I would say three to five years, right? Yeah. Go. So I'm about to say, and you know, um, like you said, a lot of times too, you know, we rush into whatever is handed to us as far as on the repayment plan, 
uh, when it comes to those student loans and things like that, uh, or just rushing to it being in default or just, you know, just accept whatever they decide as far as on the pay and, or don't read it entirely on your options that you have, such mm-hmm. as you have the repayment plan, the, uh, income based driven, and you can speak on this yep. more, Stacey, um, you know, and then, or just consolidating everything to ensure that, you know, everything's all one that still looks, uh, from what I've seen, you know, uh, anecdotally was that, you know, it, it still reflects well in your credit regardless because you still exactly. make the payments over time. Exactly. And what a lot of people, um, they don't know, um, and they try to avoid is having that mm-hmm. conversation with the, the debtor or the creditor, right? Yeah. If you just give them the call and say, Hey, you know what? Here's my situation. Here's my plan. Here's what I need to do. How can you help me? They will put something together for you without sure. a doubt, because their main goal is to bring in money. <clears throat> yep. Even if it's half, even if it's a quarter, if you set, uh, set up a plan, they will do it. And I guarantee they'll come up with some type of plan if you have a conversation with them. And that could be in the matter of uh, a 30 minute call, a one hour call, or it could be a couple of different emails. But if you have that conversation, I guarantee they will do everything they can to make sure that their money is coming in and you're, you're able to actually, you know, stay sufficient with those payments. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly the steps that I went about. Believe me, ev- everything is negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's facts. That's facts. I mean, cause just like I was telling Desi, man, I went from, uh, I think it was like a 423, 425 in my credit score, like something <laughs> crazy, something crazy awful. Um, to now, you know, and I don't want nobody, you know, trying to scammy or nothing like that, but <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not even that great anyways, but you know, yeah. us now, now it's in the, you know, the upper to lower mid seven twenties, seven twenties to seven thirty, something like that. And it's, so, it's, it's really good that you're conscious of that. Right. Do you know where you yeah. started? you know where your right. goal was? Right. And you actually are progressing right. towards it. And that's a good exactly. to hear. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of similarities, Stacey, you know, cause Matt and myself, we're both dietitians. So we, yep. you know, when someone comes in, they're like, Hey, whether or not I want to improve my performance or dude, I just want to be shredded in front of my wife. Like that's why, um, mm-hmm. it is so hard to paint the long-term picture of like, Hey, this makes sense. Let's work within what you have. Let's set some goals and then also get in the mindset of like, this might take a year. This might take two years yep. based off of where mm-hmm. you're at. And, and, I, and I love Stacey what you had said, because it, again, it's painting the long-term picture. And the, and the thing that I heard from you right now that I thought was so fruitful that all of our listeners need to make sure that you're taking notes on is consistency. Consistency, consistency is cons- key. Always, always. Cause I, that in itself, man, is just, it, it's gold because it, whether or not it's, you know, health and nutrition coaching, like myself and Matt do, or with what you're doing, becoming more financially fit, which by the way, I need to tell you, I love that. I love that. It's trendy, man. I love it. You know, when I first saw it, I was like, I, I like that. <laughs> um, so, so Stacy, I want to get your, your take on another thing. So let's say like uh, a family is just starting off and they're working within like a budget, right? And they're working on like also trying to save for college for their kids. I mean, that's something that we're doing right now. Like what are the best, um, again, this is my lack of literacy in this area. So you can buy all me and just school me. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the best savings plan or like, what's the best way to go about this? Uh, when you do have a kid and you're trying to save for college and then also expenses and and things like that, like, Mm -hmm. so, so what I would definitely recommend is a, something called a 529 plan. And what that is, it's, a, it's an educational, let's say, savings slash investment account where you can put that account, um, you can be like the custodian of that account, but you can put it in your children's name from the time they're born or even before they're born. And you can put money to it every single month, every two weeks, anytime you get paid, let's say every day, you want to put a dollar into it. You can do that literally for 
20, I want to say 24 years or 26 years, right? And then let's say uh, you do that for over the course of 18 years. And like you said, getting back to the point of consistency, if you do that consistently over the course of 18 years, um, it doesn't matter how much you put in, you're going to be able to benefit from compound interest over time because you're actually putting your money into investments and it's building on itself and it's growing and it's working for you. By the time they hit 18, they could have 10, 15, sometimes $50,000, right? And imagine that head start going into college where, uh, versus someone who doesn't have you know, uh, any type of financial aid. The good thing about those 529 plans is the fact that not only are you able to use that for college, but you can also get financial aid as well. So you can get grants, you can get scholarships, you can also use the money you have. So now you're going into it with, you know, a lot more money on the sideline. So let's say they want to go to a more prestigious school or something like that, or a private school that costs more money. You're able to save for that upfront over the course of 18 years. And the good thing about that is let's say, um, um, so personally, I got a scholarship. Let's say, um, that account was in my name, but I, you know, I have a brother and he wants to go to college. What can happen is if I get a scholarship and I don't need the money, that account can be transferred from my name to their name, right? And that money can be reused over and over. Or let's say um, everybody in the family gets a scholarship. You can use it for a cousin or you can use it for yourself. That's the best thing about a 529 plan is, um, I, and I've actually already started one, even though I don't have children, right? So what I'm going to do is start it in my name. As soon as I have children, I already have a two to three year head start, right? Yep. As soon as they're born, switch it to their name. Now, not only do I have 18 years, but I have an additional couple of years until I have kids in order to save for them. And right now I'm just saying, I'm throwing in $25 a month. Very, very small, right? 25, anybody can afford $25 a month. And if you can't, even if it's, you're five, doing or something, even if it's yeah. five or 10, find a way, right? I just, that's why I would say find a way and keep doing that every month, every month. And over the course of five years, you'll see that, okay, I have a couple thousand here. You know what? Now I'm making a little bit more money. I'm a little bit more established. Let me throw like a hundred dollars in there a month or hundred dollars every two weeks or something like that. And you'll see over time. And a, a lot of people, when they first start investing, they really don't get the fact that investing is slow, right? Especially if you want to mm -hmm. build your wealth and over time, you're, I mean, let's say over the short term, one to three years, you're really not going to see a lot of difference in your portfolio. But then when it starts making money for itself, when you start to get interest and dividends, then you start to see it take off exponentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, Stacey, uh, I always pay attention to your, your, you know, your episode of money talks, uh, I yes. actually checked it out and everything before I ended up going in. Um, and there's another thing that you mentioned too a year prior to that, that, you know, that also I stuck with, with the, uh, Marcus Goldman and Sachs, the, you know, the savings account. Oh yeah. Yeah. Putting it, automating my savings. The thing that you said in there was just automating your savings, pay yourself first. Exactly. So if you automate those savings first, just like you automate as far as your bills and being financially responsible with your bills and everything too, to make sure your credit is increasing and everything, you know, automating that savings, things can just, you know, can contribute to the marathon. You know. Exactly. And, and I'll say this. Um, a lot of people don't know that there are online savings platforms like Marcus from Goldman Sachs or um, Robinhood or Ally Bank that offer, I want to say anywhere between 1.5 to 1.8 uh, percentage um, interest. So literally you put their money in that account and they pay you for it every single month. They pay you money. They pay you money. They pay you money. Right. Yep. And yep. what I try to do is anytime I get paid, whether that's for my job, whether that's from a side hustle, somebody can give me $20 off the street. I'll save 10% of that immediately. And that goes directly into my savings or my investment account, no matter what. And I've been doing it for the past, I want to say five years. And when people ask me, how do you build up your, your wealth over time? That's how you do it. You have to stay disciplined and consistent over time. And 
set your own number. I say 10%. That's just a rule of thumb. It could be 5%. It could be 25%. You know, it all depends on your situation. But if you're able to save a consistent percentage of everything you make and put it into, into an account, like you said, like a, a savings, a high yield savings account or an investment account, mm-hmm. you'll be better off, a lot better yeah. off in five to 10 years. Safe to say I'm definitely doing a 10%. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah, definitely. When you say that, I'm going to start that right now. That's, that's, that's a good rule of thumb to, to live by. And, and that 10% can serve as your um, emergency fund. Mm-hmm. It could serve as, you know, your kickoff to, you know, starting investing. Um, and then over time, let's say you want to upgrade your home or move to a new location that can be used as well, because now over time, that's going to be built up. And like I said, the best part about it is when you have money, you can make it work for you. So just because you let your money sit in their account, they pay you for it. Mm-hmm. Now you said something is far as like with Robin hood. So yep. can you talk a little bit more about the stocks and everything too? Yeah. Because I, I also use Robin. Hood. Actually, I bought like just three stocks today. As a matter of fact, you know, <laughs> that, that's, that's amazing <laughs> to hear. That, that, diversifying my portfolio, you yeah, know, things that. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just letting you guys know that I pay attention, you know, and I, and I apply what I'm learning. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, I promote Robin hood because, um, it's one of those, um, it's, a super simple app to use. They also have an online platform, but a lot of people uh, use the app. Um, and the reason why it became so popular within the um, uh, past couple of years is because um, you can actually trade on Robinhood without commissions. And for a lot of people just getting into investing, they might not know, but back in the day, you used to have to pay $20 to buy a stock. And if mm. you can imagine, some stocks are trading for, like, let's say AT&T is trading for $38 today. Imagine paying buying a stock of AT&T for $38, then paying an additional $20 just to buy it. Yeah. And let's say you want to turn around and sell it the next day. They charge you another $20. So you spent $40, and the stock was only worth $38. <laughs> so there was literally yeah. no way to win for the small guys. If you just wanted to invest a couple hundred bucks, right? There was no way for you to win because no matter what, you're losing $40 anytime you purchase or sell a stock. So, so, so go ahead. yeah, go ahead. No, I was about to say, I wonder if that's because, you know, a lot of times too, in our past generations, they teach us that don't go into the stock market. You're going to do nothing but lose money, you know? So I, I wonder if that's also part of why, you know, if you was taught that, why that's been the part is the, the reason why that's been taught, especially like in our community, because especially that's some things that my, my yeah. parents say, my parents knew nothing about as far as stocks, because they was also taught that, you know, going to the stocks, like that's just, no, you're going to lose money. What's the point? Exactly. And I kind of switched my whole mindset about mm-hmm. the stock market and I don't think at it, think of it as a single stock. I mm-hmm. think of it as a piece of ownership and the mm-hmm. key to wealth is ownership, Correct. whether that's owning land, owning real estate, you know, owning a business, or owning a part of a company, a public company. And so if you think about it in that mind state, I'm an, I am a partial owner of Apple. I'm a partial owner of Amazon. I have an iPhone, right? I buy stuff right. from Amazon all the time. So essentially I'm paying myself. They pay out dividends, right? Apple pays mm-hmm. a dividend every quarter. They pay me because I'm an owner. And if you think about it from an ownership perspective, rather than I'm just buying a stock and I'm hoping it's going to go up or it might go down, then it kind of switches your perspective because now you're an owner. Things go up in business. Things go down in business. Right. We all, you know, we run business businesses and you see how that goes, right? But yeah. over the long haul, they're going to keep paying you. I'm going to keep buying iPhones every year, right? <laughs> I'm probably right, going to keep right, right. shopping on Amazon just like the, you know, the rest of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, so the the kind of see what you're saying. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This the wrong way to go about it. But I've been looking at things, you know, that a lot of people talk about are like my athletes, you know, my young athletes, my collegiate athletes. What they talk about things that are tangible that they end up buying a lot of, you know, or you know, such as things that may be trending here soon, mm-hmm. uh, may may pick up within the next 10, 20 years, such as like genetics and things like that within the hospitals and stuff like that. Yep. Once I hear something like that, I look into it, put it on my watch list. And then I may end up buying just only one stock of shit. That's all I can afford. Exactly. And, <laughs> so, and what I like to do is my investing style, and then I would say this, this is for all beginners. What you should do is <clears throat> invest in things that you know, you love, or you use, right? Okay. I have always grown up, you know, playing football. One of the best things to have yeah, was a pair of yeah. Nike cleats, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. One of the most prestigious things, having an iPhone, right? You know, having a MacBook. Just look at what you're buying, or what you love to use. Like if I, if people love to go to McDonald's, how can you not be an owner of that company? Right. If you, if you go to Burger King, if you're, I, and I did a post about this a while back about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I told everybody that if you buy X number of stocks, they will pay you enough dividends to buy you a free chicken sandwich every year for the rest of your life. Things like that. Like people don't think about it in that type of uh, mindset. And I just think about it as you're an owner of a company. Um, if I have a MacBook, I should definitely invest in Apple because I'm a believer not only in their products, but the company as a whole. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, dude, wow. There, there's so much, so much gold here. I, I think the one thing that I heard, Stacy, that I really love is in, investments. So I, I know nothing about that. And if you ask me, like, well, what are you investing in? Like, I have no idea. But I, I feel like what you had just said there is amazing, where you invest in things that you said, right, that you know you love and yep. that you use, correct? Exactly. Um, which makes total sense in, in the grand scheme of things. And I love, even with the, the Popeye's you know, chicken sandwich, um, if you invest in <laughs> yeah. it, you essentially <laughs> make that money back, right? Exactly. Exactly mm-hmm. right. And a lot of people, you know, were just trying to get the sandwich, but I'm saying, think it, look at it holistically. If you buy a share, you own that in perpetuity, right? Unless the company mm. goes out of business, you can pass that share on, that share of ownership onto your kids, they can pass it on to the grandkids. You don't have to sell it, right? And that's what I do. I usually buy and hold a stock for the long haul. So even if it goes up, even if it goes down, I really don't care. Um, but getting back into the investing point, uh, this is often over um, overlooked. But I would say, number one, before you get into the stock market, invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Look at books. Look at courses. Um, YouTube University is what I call it. Like, there's so many videos on YouTube about different types of investing, and you can pretty much learn anything you need on that platform. After you invest in yourself, then you can start looking at, like, let's say a watch list and saying, okay, this company looks good to me. Um, let me do some more research and and then pull the trigger and, and buy your first stock. Okay. Wow. And, I yeah, think that in itself is amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah, that it sounds easy. Fire, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing. It really is, but people just never, never done it before. So, um, you're kind of scared of what you don't know, but once you yeah. buy your first stock, like you said, like you bought three today, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Success begins where your comfort zone ends. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, I, I, matter of fact, Go, go ahead, ahead Go ahead. I was about to say that one of those, like, speaking on, like, those resources and everything, too, um, I, so, like, the Black Business School, that's one of those things I actually looked into mm-hmm. uh, because I actually found out. So, I went to my, my grandmother's funeral. This was back in, like, 2017 when I first got into my doctorate. 
Um, I actually found out that uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins was my cousin, and he was one of the uh, yeah, he was uh, one of the pallbearers with me and my brothers as well uh, for everything. So wow. once I found out about that, that's where I got into you know, damn, I had all these resources at me the whole time. Let me just stop being lazy or devote some actually quality time to stuff that's going to actually contribute to something else that I can you know improve myself for. Not just nutrition, not just, you know, strength conditioning, but let me get to something else because I'm pretty sure I'm getting serious with this girl now. Yep. So it's pretty, I'm pretty sure something's going to happen in case I do have a son or I do have a child or anything like that because we did have a kid before we got married, but mm-hmm. I, was, I popped the question before we yep. found out she was married. So still, oh my God, um, shut but up. that was one of the things. <laughs> hey man, hey, 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 I wish you could see my hands right now. I'm saying just hold on, man, hold on. <laughs> but yeah, just like in all actuality, it's just actually investing in time and actually using your time wisely. People look mm-hmm. at things on TV that is, you know, I feel like it's just a waste of time. That is bogus. You can't get that time back when you can be exactly and that you can, you know, improve yourself, improve your family, improve your generation. And and you, one of those, the, the biggest thing that helps me out uh, when I think about how I spend my time and, you know, what I do, what I think about is the people around me. Right. Yeah. It, and what I did is, I set up, or my friend group, we set up a, what I call a mastermind group. Mm-hmm. We meet at least one time a week, no excuses, right? Literally no excuses. We, we meet one time a week, um, and we just talk about our goals, right? Mm-hmm. And we put our goals out there in, in, the, you know, in the world, and it's up to each one of the people in that group to hold the other accountable, no matter what it is. You have to set a goal, you have to set a time frame for it and you have to do it. And you have to um, actually spell out the reason why you want to do that. Um, and it helps us actually pr- uh, progress because, like I said, we're holding each other accountable um, into progressing in, and achieving our goals. Desi, we're going to start doing that, man. Dude, uh, you definitely I mean, that, that, that's what this is, to be honest. I mean, yeah, exactly. if, if we look at the longevity of exactly what we're trying to promote here, which is literally just... Um, men helping men, right? Helping them to be leaders in their own family. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I think at this point, Matt, sky's the limit where we are offering different style groups within like our men of purpose groups, right? So yeah, man, 100%. Yeah. Um, Stacey, I, I love that, dude. So it, let's kind of say like someone's starting off, right? So they have a family. Mm-hmm. Tell us what are red flags in in regards to like what not to do? What not to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first things first, uh, don't buy a brand new car <laughs> mm-hmm. at all. Just never, never buy a brand new car, whatever. I mean, I don't care what it is. It could be, uh, you could have all the money in the world, but don't buy a brand new car because the year model before or two years before is the same exact car. First That's things first. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the next thing I would say is don't spend money when you don't need to. And that comes back to having a plan. If you know exactly what you need for the month, try not to go over that. There may be some emergencies that come up, but try to stay within your, you know, your boundaries, right? Obviously you're going to want to splurge every now and again, but plan for it, right? So don't, you know, spend frivolously when you really don't have to. Um, And then the last thing I would say is if you're just starting out, start investing early because the key to investing is investing consistently over the period of 10 to 30 years. And this is where it, like, it throws off a lot of people, but staying invested in the market for 10 to 30 years, and that's really where you're going to build your wealth. Wow. Dude, that's, that's, that's powerful in itself. Um, 
Tyler, so Tyler took some notes over here. Like, you took them. I'm going to let you present them. <laughs> I was going to let you steal it, brother. <laughs> no. Man. Oh, no, dude. Hey you're, <laughs> hey, you're a healthy part of this team, man. You can't just be dropping knowledge and not just, like, giving it, right. dude. So let's go. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that, that I heard that, that resonates really true. And, and, I, and I've got good stuff that moving forward, I, get, I, I love teaching people this kind of stuff, but I don't do it on like a granule, granule level. But, but one of the cool things that I found out is, is really any amount of money that you spend and anything that you buy instead of actually saving it is a direct subtraction from your future happiness and freedom. It, it yes, takes it away from, from that, that security. And most people are insecure because they don't have money and they want people to either know they don't or want people to think they do. The, the people that are financially literate and successful never talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not a thing. You don't talk about how much you have. It's, it's, how it, it, it's more about how you got it. And nobody ever oh, asked that now number. You can build it. You know, mm-hmm. and, and there's that famous quote from Fight Club, and, and I, I never forgot it, was stop, sending, stop spending money on things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. People are super, <laughs> super guilty about that. But what I found out I'm through teaching— I'm guilty myself, I'll admit. Yeah, dude, yeah me, me too, man. No, 100% <laughs> I do it all the time. One, one of the things in my book that, that I love the chapter, man— is people these days know the price of everything and the value of nothing. So when you tell them, hey, you got you to gotta invest $400, they see $400, have no idea what the value of that is. 400 bucks a month could make you 60 grand a year passively if you're doing that for 10 years, like you said. Like you, don't, you, you don't see that. It just doesn't make sense. But I, I, I guess before the, the rant goes on too far, the, <laughs> The other thing that I wrote down was teaching people how to learn before teaching them what to learn. Uh, When you tie wealth of money, and most people will never understand that mental profit produces more passive income than any investment ever will. So most people aren't willing to learn how to do it because it's easier not to, man. So, no, I appreciate it. There's a lot of knowledge there. Uh, That's cool, dude. Definitely. And I I always say this, investing yourself – and I said this before, it pays the best dividends. And you were talking about it. Everything you can learn, even if it's just having a, an open conversation like this, reading an article, watching you know, some type of uh, CNBC um, uh, update alert or something like that, reading a, just you know, reading a book, an audio book or something like that, everything that you do will help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, I love that. And I think the other thing that I would add in there as well, Stacey, is Uh, not only just having this conversation, but also raising your hand and being like, I am not proficient in this area. And this is an area of growth for me, Mm -hmm. which I, which I, that is the, that is the hardest part that I, and I think like if if you have some type of humility and you know, you're a leader, then you're able to do that. But if not, then sometimes it's like, ah, I'm a little insecure out of insecure. I don't want to ask those questions, but the hardest part is taking that first step and saying, Hey, you know what? I admit that I don't know, or I admit that I've done this in the past. I laid out on the table and now how can I move forward? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. You know, Stacey, you have provided so much value, not only just for us in this podcast, but dude, for me as well. Like I'm one of those people like, hey, I'm proficient in a lot of areas, but this is one area that I need a lot of growth in, man. So got to know yourself. Exactly. Know thyself, yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, 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 but you both said it clearly though, man. You know, you, you never come to the point to where you feel like you are overly proficient, even in the things that you do know, because of the simple fact that there's always more room to understand and exactly. also more room to master as well uh, what it exactly is. Because just like, you know, we are both, all of us here, 
are, you know, uh, highly invested as far as within our education, where we are masters and also PCs, whatever, whatever, yep. your, whatever your credentialing is, you know. But the thing is, I think what, you know, has us be so successful is the fact that we always continue to grow and build on our wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. and then also never are, never become satisfied with just seeing, okay, we just <laughs> learned this back then. I don't need to look at any further because it seems like everyone here is always looking into even the fundamentals yeah. of what it is. And I didn't, I don't know anything as far as in this financial education piece, but just, just having these conversations, like you said, and then the things yeah. that we, that I do, come across just like I asked you the same questions over and over and over again. So that way I and, can, it can resonate. Be perfect. And something that's, that really is kind of mind blowing to me is the fact that everyone on this podcast right now uses money. You probably use it today to buy something, right? You mm-hmm. use money every single day. How can you not immerse yourself in everything about it? Right. Yep. When we were first learning how to play football, that's all I did. Right. Yep, I did same, so bro. many, so many reps, right? And I did same, reps bro. until the point where I was like, okay, now everyone around me, I'm either better than or on the same level. Now, what's the next challenge? And that was getting to the next level, right? Yep. And so now, if you think about that competition, that competitor spirit and put it into a different, you know, passion like money or your finances, you know, you need to learn more, right? Just have at it. Mm hmm. Man, hey, you know, this is go. I, I wish I, I need to have my athletes hear this because this is just something that they can see, you know, that this is something that what are other avenues and opportunities that I can do more than just who I am as an athlete? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I had to learn. I, I definitely had to learn that quickly because um, mm-hmm. my plan, my plan A was I want to go, go to the, to the league. Go to the league. No matter yep. what, like you Absolutely. couldn't tell me anything else. I heard so many statistics like, hey, you're not going to make it to D1. I did that. Hey, you're not going to make yep. it to the league. And I was, I would say I was this close. I ended, actually ended up tearing both of my Achilles yep. a year apart. And that was the end of my story. So now, did, did I have a plan B? Yes, I did. And that was finances. And I prided myself in saying, okay, I didn't make it to where I want to go, but I'm still going to make it in the end of the day. So... Yeah, or or Stacy yeah, was it the start of your story? <laughs> it was the start. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. I, I like it. I like the way you put that. Yeah, man, you you've brought so much value to to this podcast and this conversation, man. Um, so I, I know it's it's right now almost six p.m. No, seven p.m. in Brooklyn. So we're not going to keep you too long. I know you probably got some things to do. <laughs> so I'm sure that's a fun place. But uh, dude, last two questions, man. So where uh, first one is where can people find you? Man, I you you, you were yeah. spinning gold. So let's let's uh, let's people be aware. Of so where I'm on pretty much all social media pa- platforms. You can find me at uh, Becoming Financially Fit. Um, pretty much all my handles are Becoming F Fit. Um, so if you guys want to find me, um, also on my webpage, it's the financial literacy.com. Um, or if you search becoming financially fit on, let's say like, um, Instagram or Twitter, you can find me and I have the links to all my, uh, pages in that, uh, in the bio. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll make sure we put that definitely in the show notes. Uh, so last question for you, a little bit of a, a curveball, if you will. Um, okay. It's not, you know, we're both dietitians, right? So we got to keep it food centered at all times. So if you were to start a food fight, which food are you throwing and why? Uh, spaghetti. <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing spaghetti because that's my favorite food. Okay. <laughs> Dude, maximum impact, man. I love that. Exactly. I love that. 
Well, Stacey, hey, man, man I, hey, yeah. you caught me off guard with that question, man. I remember what I said. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm throwing a steak. <laughs> I'm throwing a steak because it's definitely going to smack them in the face the hardest and make the most impact. Yeah, you're just trying to hurt people, man. I get it. You're the strongest dietitian in the world, man. The shit. <laughs> hey, man, hey, that was a linebacker in me, man. You know, it never leaves you for real. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll make sure we put those things in the show notes, man. Stacy, thank you Definitely. so much for just spending a lot of knowledge, yeah. dude. I'm so happy you guys, uh, you guys brought me onto this platform. Honestly, what you guys are doing is amazing. Um, and I think a lot more people should be uh, tuned in to, to what you guys are doing because I know you got some exciting things upcoming. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate well, hey, you, man, you, uh, you go enjoy your, your Brooklyn night, man. I, I definitely appreciate your time, appreciate the knowledge and, and all the things that me. you just provided, man. So thank you so much. Yes, sir. Yeah.